Um, there's been a lot of talk in the country about housing affordability, right? Everyone has a plan. The plan is usually based on increasing the supply of housing in the country. Makes sense, right? I'm no expert, but seems like the easiest answer. You increase the supply, demand stays at what it is, the cost comes down. Okay, easy. That's uh, that's Econ 101. Uh, that's not how it's playing out, though. So the next time you hear a politician tell you that they have a plan to increase the amount of housing, you need to ask them what they're going to do about the labor shortage, because we got a problem right now that we are short tens of thousands of workers in the construction industry right now. And a lot of the labor force that we do have is of the age where retirement is uh, coming up soon. So it's expected to get worse. So what are we going to do? We're going to chat with Scott Fash, who is the executive director of Build Alberta. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shay. You able to hear me all right? Got you loud and clear. You bet. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so the numbers that I've seen reported, Scott, here, about 80,000 job vacancies in construction right now. Okay, that's incredible. It's a record high. Does that sound about right to you, what you're seeing? Yeah, that's that, that sounds right for the current state. I think even more alarming is by 2030, we're expecting about another 20 to 25% of the skilled labor force to retire. Um so count existing shortages plus what we're facing in, you know, seven years or less. Yes. And uh, we're, we're in a real, we're going to be in a real challenging time. Yeah, no kidding. And when we talk about a challenging time, what happens? I mean, obviously, we can't build as many houses as we want, but I imagine there's other knockoff effects, right, in terms of cost and all these things. I mean, what does it mean for the industry with this kind of a shortage of, of labor? Yeah, so I mean, just in the last year alone, so in 2022, we saw um, <clears throat> labor wages increase by about 9.4%, uh, which was double of actually all other industries. Um, so that obviously immediately translates to increased cost of housing. The other big piece is the impact is not only the amount of supply you're able to bring on uh, online, but the timeline. So, you know, typically with, if you've got uh, ample supply of labor, um, you know, you should be able to build a single detached home in five to six months. Right now, we're probably closer to 10 to 12 months due to a lot of that lag. So that's a, that's a really significant delay that adds carrying cost, interest, all of those things uh, to the cost of a home, but then prevents you from bringing on more supply rapidly. And we can see that, right? We can see not only are we not increasing supply, the number of new houses being built, the trend line is down, right? It's It's fewer and fewer every year. It's so it's interesting. Um, it, we've got different markets in Alberta that are, are behaving very differently right now. Um, so Calgary last year built over seventeen thousand units. That's the most in its history, um, by far the most productive year in its history. Uh, starts to date, year to date, are actually up by another ten percent. So they're building at the highest level that they possibly can right now to meet demand. But if you look at the in-migration numbers, um, it's it's pretty clear that even that's not going to be able to keep up with kind of the influx of um, either new Albertans or or new Canadians. Uh, so we're going to have to figure out a way uh, to to bring on more labor supply so we can get more of the housing supply brought online affordably. And that, you can't, it's really hard to flip a switch and make that happen overnight. What does it mean to be a construction worker, though? I mean, imagine you're also going to see increased costs through wages, right? It's got to be a good time to be a construction worker. they got to be more desirable, more in demand, and that means wages go up. Absolutely. Um, and you see that with different components within kind of the um the areas of kind of the, throughout the build process and we'd go through phases where um, there'd be a severe lack of shortage in framers 
um, which would then obviously increase demand, which would increase the wages. Um, then you can go, uh, you know, depending on the cycle, then we might be have shortages in HVAC specialists. Yeah. So it's, it's it's not a singular trade either. It's basically the multitude of not only the, the certified skilled trades, but then also kind of the uncertified trades um, that make up a considerable component of, of the construction process. So in terms of getting more people in, I mean, what do we need to do and are we doing it? Uh, I mean, we're talking about a huge shortfall we got to make up here immediately, Scott. Yep, it's uh, it's absolutely the challenge. So we're we're looking at a few things, and we've been working really closely with the uh, with the government of Alberta. Um, so they, they recently, kind of pre-election, uh, introduced the Labor Mobility Act, which does streamline the process to recognize trade certifications uh, for those from different provinces to move to Alberta. We really need to create a similar program for non-Canadians who are relocating, um, not only to Canada but hopefully Alberta. Beyond that. We, we have to have that discussion with the federal government on the, the, the new Canadians that are coming in, and we need to increase the allotment of those that are either already have training in skilled trades or have an interest in getting into skilled trades. From there, we need to make sure that we're putting uh, the education and resources in place where we give them that pathway to get there. So that's, that's kind of the, the short-term piece. But there's a longer-term element that we really need to be working closely with government on, and that's, I think, reframing the skilled trades as the viable and rewarding career path to the next generation, which we view it as. Uh, but I think over the past decade-plus, um, it's become less of kind of that, that career choice that people are making. Instead, they're looking at university programs or other things, um, which is pulling, again, people who typically may have looked at going into the skilled trades. Oh, that makes me crazy. I, I, th- I thought we were done that. I thought we'd move beyond you must go get a degree, but I think you're right. I think that's a big part of it. What about, you know, we always, always talk about labor. We always talk about workers. What about the industry? Um, you know, all industries adapt and develop different strategies. I mean, you need people to build a house. I get it, but you can do things with technology. There can be advancements. There can be different ways of doing things that sort of reduce the demand for labor, maybe in some areas. Are those kinds of things starting to emerge in the house building industry? Yeah, there's, so a lot of it would come back to um, what you've seen or maybe some, some growth in the, the modular housing yeah, sector, yeah. factory-built housing sector. And there's certainly some companies that have figured out a way to do that really successfully. It's typically a very different kind of home, right? It's, it's um, you know, more of a bungalow-style, single story. Uh, and, and I would say the, the industry is moving to figure out ways, okay, maybe we can't assemble the entirety of a home in a factory, but can we build significant components of it? So then we're shipping full wall systems, full ceiling systems um, out to site and then simply just kind of assembling them there. And historically, you know, up until recently, kind of the math on it really just didn't make sense. It was it was just so much more expensive to take that pathway versus kind of going stick built on site. Mm-hmm. I would say that that equation that equation might be changing um, because it does potentially offer a more attractive kind of environment for somebody looking to enter the trades because a lot of that work happens indoors outside of the elements, um, less set up teardown that requires you to go from site to site to site. Right. So I think there's a lot of companies looking very closely at that and saying, okay, historically the math on this hasn't made sense, but does the math actually start to make sense now? And if this gives us the ability to attract more long-term people to stay within um, you know, certified trades within our industry, do we really need to look closely at it? Exactly. Yeah, no question. Scott, great insight. Thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate you being here.